don't forget you're alive because sometimes when you walk around the city and you're in a bad mood you can think hey wait a minute we're alive we don't know what the next second will bring and what a fantastic thing this is this can get easily forgotten in the routine of life and that's something i'm trying to bring to my attention at all times don't forget you're alive we're not dead you know this is the greatest thing Joe Strummer said that, and Joe's this week's uh, podcast, uh, what's the word I use? Sponsor, I suppose. Well, hello, and welcome to A Photographic Life. It's been one hell of a week, hasn't it? What with impeachments and elections and everything else going on. But we try not to be too political with a capital P here on the podcast, but we're certainly political with a, a lowercase p, as in p for people. So let's just hope that all of you listening to this podcast are okay this week after everything else that's been happening. And talking about everything else that's been happening, I, I revealed last uh, last week that um, I'd had a bit of a revelation that it had come to the end of the decade. And it made me think, um, what, what was I doing 10 years ago? Well, 10 years ago, I was editing a, a photography magazine, learning to write, getting to grips with moving image, promoting convergence, working as a photographer, having come back from living in the mountains of Mallorca for a couple of years, having rebuilt a house there, learned rudimentary Catalan. I'd come back refreshed. And over the past 10 years, I've made a film, written three books, curated exhibitions, launched and left my own magazine, Hungry Eye, some of you may remember that, uh, entered academia, learned how to teach, launched a podcast, had another daughter, and it's been a full-on 10 years. And all the time, I've been working as a commissioned photographer, as well as um, making personal work. But how have I been able to do all that stuff? Well, I suppose really what we're talking about here is that technology, the tools are now here and with me. There's so much I've done over the last 10 years that I really wouldn't have been able to do prior to this. This podcast is a perfect example. And really, I suppose what we're also talking about here is that, that uh, development of soft skills that the photographer today needs it's no longer good enough to just be a photographer. I'm afraid you need to be many other things and those soft skills become so important in an oversaturated marketplace. The hard skills, the learning how to use the kit and so forth, well, they can be learned by anybody nowadays on a YouTube video. It's the soft skills that come from experience, from experience of working as a photographer, experience and uh, research into photography, and just living life in general. So looking back on the last 10 years, it's certainly been busy. And I've got absolutely no idea what's going to happen in another 10 years. But I think what I do know is I'm going to stay as open as possible to whatever comes my way but also i'm going to remain open-minded i'm not going to pigeonhole or label either myself or anything i do 
And increasingly, I find myself in that position of saying to other people, avoid the pigeonholes, avoid the labels. When people ask me what I do, I always answer, I earn my living from photography. It kind of encapsulates everything there and it doesn't hold me back. I think that's going to be my kind of mantra for the next decade. I recently saw the title of an episode of a, a photography podcast. And yeah, I do keep an eye on the on the rivals. Um, and this uh, episode was uh, headed thinking about photography in terms of being creative all the time is a trap. Wow. I wonder how you feel having heard that. So I listened to a little bit of the podcast. I have to be honest, um, it wasn't really my kind of thing. But what was interesting to me was how it was putting forward the idea of creativity within photography as being based completely around post-production and manipulation. As if for photography to be creative or to express your creativity, it needed an obvious hand. And in fact, it kind of ties in with some other conversations I've been having recently with young photographers who seem to feel the need that photography in itself is not enough. They need to bring painting or sewing or textiles or graphics or whatever it may be into their work, because if they're not doing that, then they're not being creative. Whereas, of course, what we always talk about, I think what we know is that creativity is in finding a story and constructing the narrative. Maybe what we're talking about here is kind of a, a clear definition between the amateur, the hobbyist, and the professional practitioner, the professional photographer, who isn't relying on that idea of manipulation to, to kind of express their creativity. Perhaps when you're a professional photographer, you're working professional practice, that kind of that urge for creativity, maybe it runs deeper than just the surface of a plug-in for Photoshop or the changing of a colour or the pushing up of contrast. Anyway, whatever it may be, what I do know is that every time we hear from a photographer telling us what photography means to them, I think we get a little bit more understanding of that personal approach to the medium. You may hear a little bit of rain in the background this week. It's been a, a heavy raining week and I actually lost my voice and my, my voice may be coming over a little bit deeper this week, um, episode. But anyway, I was just talking there about the contribution from uh, the photographers we have each week explaining to us what photography means to them. And this week we really have, um, I don't know if you'll like me using the word, but an icon of British photography, Homer Sykes. Uh, Homer was born in 1949 and is a Canadian-born British documentary photographer. He was a keen photographer as a teen teenager with a dark room both at home and at his boarding school. And in 1968, he started a three-year course at the London College of Printing, known to all of us at the time as the LCP. And during his first year, he went to New York, where he was impressed by the work of photographers such as Henri Cartier-Bresson, Bruce Davidson, Lee Friedlander, Robert Frank, Burke Uzzel, and Gary Winogrand. He was so excited by this work that he saw at the Museum of Modern Art that it really changed his way of thinking about photography. 
Whilst considering a new photographic project at college, Sykes came across a story on the Britannia coconut dancers in an issue of In Britain magazine. This led him to research other local festivals in Britain. And uh, Sykes's photography of these festivals was inspired by that of Sir Benjamin Stone, the great Victorian Edwardian photographer. But he approached them with a modern sensibility and a small format camera after absorbing advice from photographer David Hearn, then a part-time lecturer at LCP, as well as other photographers that he met through Hearn including editor and writer Bill Jay, certainly someone we've spoken about a lot on this podcast. And of course, there's a link below this podcast on the United Nations of Photography website so that you can see our Bill Jay documentary for free. Anyway, back to Homer. Homer moved on to photographing news stories for the Weekend Telegraph, The Observer, The Sunday Times, Newsweek, Now, Time and News Society. He worked with various agencies, including from 1989 to 2005, with the influential network photographers. Sykes also photographed the British landscape for various books, but always found time for his own pictures and his own projects, including hunting with hounds and on the road again, photographs of four North American road trips taken over three decades. Sykes has taught on the master's course in photojournalism and documentary photography at the LCP, now known as the London College of Communication. And in 2014, the Maison de la Photographie Robert Duaneau uh, in Paris held a major exhibition of Sykes' work from the 1970s. He photographed the glam rock, punk, new wave and other music fashion scenes of Britain, and his work has been consistently published as a series of short narratives by the brilliant Café Royal Books and as a major monograph, My British Archive, The Way We Were, 1968-1983, by Dowie Lewis in 2018. Homer continues to document the British way of life today and he lives uh, in southwest London, strangely enough, just down the road from where I went to school. Hello, my name's Homer Sykes. I'm a photographer I'm recording this in my office in Merton, deep in suburban South London. It's 2019. So, what does photography mean to me? I've been documenting Britain for 50 years. It's dominated my life. Not a day goes by when I'm not thinking about my personal work, the magazine work I used to shoot, and now my British archive. A collection of about 20,000 content-rich, tightly edited images, primarily about British society. These date from the very late 1960s through to the present. But to start at the beginning, I was a schoolboy photographer, and in the lower six I discovered you could do photography at college. I applied to several and found myself at the London College of Printing and Graphic Arts. It's now called the London College of Communication. And it was there I met the magnum photographer David Hearn, and through him the photographer Ian Berry, and the photographer, author and photo historian and magazine editor Bill Jay. They were to point me in the direction I was to follow. I had become enamoured by the work of Cartier Bresson and Robert Frank. I loved the black and white street photography of Lee Freelander, Burkhouse or Bruce Davidson and co. Of course I loved the uh, magnum humanitarian photographer's work. And I also became aware of Bert Hardy and Thurston Hopkins, two great English picture post photographers. I came across these men's work um, in Creative Camera and Album magazine, both edited by Bill Jay. 
So it was during the second year at college I decided that I would become an editorial magazine, a news feature photographer, which is exactly what I did pretty much constantly for the next 35 years. But I always kept my own projects on the go. And in 1977, I published my first book, Once a Year, Some Traditional British Customs. This is a series of photographs of annual events that take place on one particular day each year and are unique to those villages and small market towns up and down the country. Dowie Lewis republished that body of work in 2016 with 52 new pictures from the same 1970s take from customs that now no longer take place. Also during the 70s and 80s I was working on a much broader uh, project about British society, the have and have nots, the top hat versus cloth cap aspect of Britain that was so obviously prevalent at the time. Dewey Lewis published My British Archive, The Way We Were, 1968-1983 last year. By the mid-1990s, things were changing. Commentators were talking about something called the World Wide Web. The Internet was becoming to grow in our awareness. No one could predict the changes that it would bring to the way we all did everything. Bill Gates and Microsoft defined this new digital era in a 1996 essay entitled Content is King. This was anathema to many photographers, but if you had the energy to embrace this new epoch, I did, and the content to make it worth your while I knew I had, I felt I could and would be able to make my British archive prosper into the 21st century. I was determined that it should. So people ask, are you still shooting? And I say, yes, of course. I'm working on a big new book project. So what does photography and primarily documentary photography mean to me? It's been an all-consuming passion. I've made a great living. I've met some amazing people. I've been to some wonderful places. I've been incredibly privileged. Thank you. Well, thank you, Homer, there. Isn't that interesting? I, as I say it so often on this podcast, um, I listen to all of the uh, uh, contributions when they first come in, and then I have a tendency not to listen to them again until I actually make the podcast. And, and basically what, how, what that means is that I kind of do my little talk at the beginning, then I drop in the podcast, uh, and then I like to hear that fresh so, so that I can respond to it in a very immediate way. Um, but there Homer is talking about his willingness way back on the, the basis of that um, that essay that he read and, and his determination to grasp the future, whatever that may be, based on technology. And despite the fact that he was born of the, the black and white uh, dark room and the documentary uh, approach of people like Hearn and all those other American photographers that he spoke about and uh, Bill Jay's uh, instigation. Bill Jay's such an important person in British, uh, in UK photography at the end of the 20th century. Um, it cannot be underestimated how important he uh, was 
And I think in many ways still is, with exhibitions still of people like Tony Ray Jones in 2019 being exhibited, where Bill was the first person to show Tony Ray Jones's work to a UK audience uh, back in 1968 and then exhibit it in 69 and 70. So anyway, slightly off topic there, but you know about my passion for Bill J and Bill J's influence. But Homer there is talking about the fact that this humanistic photography, this photography that came from a specific place and time, he was more than happy to embrace that technological advancement. And he felt that the work he had was important enough to push forward and to take into that new age. And uh, maybe that ties exactly, well, I think it does actually tie exactly into what I was saying at the beginning of this podcast about my own personal experiences over the last 10 years. And I suppose my willingness to move into the future. Um, as I've mentioned in previous podcasts, um, my uh, latest book, uh, New Ways of Seeing, The Democratic Language of Photography, um, was published at the end of November. Uh, I just wanted to say a thanks to Carrie Benbow, who has done a, a great review of the book for F-Stoppers um, there. That's online, and that link to that review will be underneath the podcast on the Ewan of uh, Photo uh, website. So check out www.unitednationsofphotography.com where there are always extra links for you to follow up from things I talk about uh, in the podcast. So thanks to him. And uh, I suppose we'll just finish off with this week's sponsor, who's Joe Strummer. Of course, if you're not aware, and I can't believe you're not aware, but the lead singer with The Clash. And I think this uh, these words from Joe... Um, sum up everything that Homer was talking about there, but maybe everything that we should know about with creativity in photography. Everybody has a story to tell. Joe Strummer said that. Thanks for listening this week, and um, as always, take care. Mm-hmm.